Okay. Please have your seats. I'm sure you all now have food for thought for the end of the service. To continue that discussion, it's often good for us to get to know one another in the house of the Lord. Don't you agree? Yes or no? Yeah. Some of us come and go, but today is the day of new beginnings. There's new things. So I really do hope that you continue those discussions. Right. I'm going to give a reflection this morning, just before I invite the man of God to minister onto us today. Um, and um, can I please be timed? Because I want to finish in the next six minutes. Well, ten minutes, but more to six. So, I'm going to start by asking a question. What do you think about when you hear the word air? What do you think about when you hear the word air? Anyone can shout it out. Oxygen. Huh? Particles. Huh? Breathing. Okay. Imagine you were in water. How would you feel if you were in water? Who knows how to swim? Okay, so those of you that don't know how to swim, how would you feel if you were in water? restricted, not free to do anything. But how would you feel on land, in air? Unlimited, free. Today I'm going to talk to us very quickly about freedom in Christ Jesus. We've been looking at the book of Zechariah chapter 2. And um, when Apostle was teaching us about this at the beginning, beginning of the year, he took us through Zechariah chapter 1 and chapter 2. So I want us to quickly turn to Zechariah chapter 1. Because this is the prequel to chapter 2, basically. And it's headed, a call to return to the Lord. In the eighth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, the son of Iddo. The Lord was very angry with your ancestors. Therefore, tell the people, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Do not be like your ancestors to whom the earlier prophets proclaimed. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Turn from your evil ways and your evil practices. And we're going to read together that last section. But they would not listen or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. We're going to turn to Zechariah chapter 2. And if you notice, from verse 1, so remember Zechariah chapter 1, verse 4. It says, Then I looked up, and there before me was a man with a measuring line in his hand. I asked, Where are you going? He answered to me, To measure Jerusalem, to find out how wide and how long it is. Then the angel who was speaking to me left, and another angel came to meet him and said to him, Run. Tell that young man, Jerusalem will be a city without walls because of the great number of men and livestock in it. I understood from reading the scripture that this message was as a result of a sequence of various encounters with the Lord, starting with a call for us to return to him. So we cannot truly be free if we have not really returned to the Lord. Amen? Apostle has taken us through this week the things that make us successful 
And I'm going to end on that particular point before I hand over to him. Remember at the beginning of the week, we had various speakers, and I think it was Deacon Ade that spoke first. And there was a point he made about death being a doorway, not being a final destination. And it made me remember the book of Romans, chapter 7, which I'm going to read from now. So remember, we're talking about freedom in Christ Jesus. So I read from, fr- I read from freedom. No, I don't read from freedom. I read from Romans, chapter 7, verse 6. But now, by dying to what was once, sorry, but now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in a new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. If you go through the book of Romans chapter 7, it talks about the fact that the law was there to show us what the right thing and the wrong thing was to do. Does that make sense? So if we live a life in the spirit, we're no longer subject to that law because we're no longer kind of under the control of sin. But that doesn't mean that we ignore the law itself. But it says here, now we serve in a new way of the spirit. And what does the Bible say? Wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So I'm going to quickly read again from Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to 11. This rhetoric was continued in Romans, and it said, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires, on what that nature desires. But those, who, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have what? And we understand that wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We understand that if we are not subject to the flesh and to sin, then we are actually free. So remember at the beginning of the, of the week, I made a, a comment about not living your Christian life by a measuring of what I can't do. I'm a Christian, so I can't drink till I get drunk. I'm a Christian, so I can't smoke. Instead, flip it. I'm a Christian, so I don't want to drink till I'm drunk. I don't want to smoke. I don't want to do all the things that the sinful nature craves or the flesh craves because I'm free from all of that. I'm not bound to that anymore. You're not in water where you're restricted. That's why I gave that analogy earlier. Like somebody who can't swim in water. Imagine that feeling. What kind of feelings do you have if you're in water? Imagine you're in the middle of the North Atlantic Ocean and you can't swim. What's the first feeling that comes to you? What's the first feeling that comes to you? Fear, right? Should I say everyone give me a J? You got your J? What's the, what's the first feeling that comes to you if you're sinking? Fear. So that's how I feel we should feel when sin comes around us. Sin is not a pleasant thing. It's actually quite scary. It can take you out of where God needs you to be. And when you read this book of Romans, you, you kind of understand that sin is not the thing we crave for, that we, we you know, um, try not to do. It's actually the thing that, look, mate, if I even dare it, I'm going to sink. That same fear. But life in the spirit is freedom. It was just like the drama when Jackie was dancing with Jesus and, you know, she felt so free. You know that feeling where you're unencumbered because you have returned to the Lord. And it goes on to say in this scripture, because I'm reading to verse 11. Verse 6, please. 
The mind of the sinful man is death. So you see that fear, fear of drowning, fear of death. That's the mind of the sinful man. But the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. Like we're truly alive. This is why I use water and I use air. Because as human beings, water is not a natural form or substance for us to live in. But when you're controlled by the spirit of God, you have life and you have peace. That means that even when things seem to be going wrong, the Bible talks about the peace that surpasses all understanding. That's why you can remain calm in that kind of situation because you know what's up. Because you are living a life controlled by the spirit. It then says, but the sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Verse 8. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot. The next verse. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the spirit. Let's say it. I I am controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the spirit. Let's say it. So if the Spirit of God lives in you, that's when you're controlled by him. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Verse 10. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And this is something we spoke about during the week. Earth is transitionary. Just like Deacon Ade say, death is just a door. It is not the destination. So we need to live consciously, not apathetically, not passively, where we just assume that earth is our final destination. Apostle's been talking to us about success, and I want to lead or or, or kind of add, in a sense, to success, not just here on earth, but success in terms of making it to see our Heavenly Father. It's like being on a journey and never making your destination. Imagine if for the first time, I'm going to use a family story. It's quite funny. I don't know if Apostle and Reverend Oma remember this. The first time we went to America, to Disney World. And I remember every year our parents had promised us that we're going to America. And every year it never happened. So the one year it happened, I remember my mum and dad were at work and we were at home. And for those of you that are old enough to remember, I refuse to be old enough to remember because I'm still a youth. But... um, Do you remember when the fax used to make that? (laughs) So literally, a fax came through and I saw the itinerary. I could see it. And I said, Samuel, Samuel, oh my gosh, we're actually going to America. It's happening. And I literally, because the itinerary was packed, we was going to Warner Brothers, we was going to Universal Studios, we was going to Disneyland. We were so gassed, as in we were already living the dream. Then on the morning of the actual journey, we didn't sleep. We, was, we stayed up and watched WWF, which is now WWE. But we, we stayed up and watched wrestling until the early hours of the morning. I don't know if my parents remember this. And then we were driving to the airport. And do you remember, I think it was Uncle Efe, I don't remember his name, that went to Canada. He now said, oh, we were in his car and my parents were in another car and they were far ahead of us. And he now said, oh, by the way, you're no longer going that basically what's happening is that you're just going to escort your parents as you usually do and tell them goodbye. If you see the way that me and my brothers were in the car, like, what? 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 But I saw the facts. I saw it come through the machine. I heard the sound. I saw the itinerary. He said, no, that basically gave us one silly story anyways. And it was just like, what? 
So imagine living on earth your whole time and not having an expectation of that journey. You know, it's like how we felt that day. Living here and attaining everything you want for life and for godliness on earth, but actually not making it to heaven. Because trust me, we were sad in that split instance. But as soon as we got to the airport and I physically saw my dad hand my passport over, I was still like, okay, it's a lie, maybe it's not true. And then we went past customs and I was like, okay, we're duty free. This is actually happening because our parents used to travel a lot. We always used to see them off the duty free. And we'd be like, bye. So this time we passed through the threshold. That's what it's going to be like when we make it. When we pass through them pearly gates. When we understand that, yeah, I made it. Living on earth wasn't in vain. May our expectation not be cut short. But for it not to be cut short, we need to live a life in the spirit. It says in this verse, and I'm rounding up. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. I'm going to end very quickly on another scripture that Apostle took us through at the beginning of the year. And this comes from the book of John chapter 3, verse 6 to 8. So remember, this is freedom in Christ Jesus. We started off with a call for a return to the Lord. The following vision that came from that was a measuring line that was drawn out for those who have returned. They will be unencumbered. The Lord will be a, 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 a glory within and a fire that surrounds them. And it says here in verse 6 of John, John chapter 3, Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to the spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Keep going. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Now, you know, we just spoke about from the book of Romans. The Spirit is what enables you to be free. The Spirit is what enables you to think big, achieve big, live big. But not just on this earth for the purpose of the kingdom. We understand that with the King Uzziah that we studied during the week, as long as he sought the Lord, the Lord gave him success. And just as wind is, you cannot tell where it's coming or going. And I'm going to finally end with this testimony, and I always say this. It was like me. Apostle said we should do an appraisal of our lives and add 10 years to our lives. And I remember 10 years ago, having just finished law school, and... There was a course that I was studying. Sorry, I've been told I tell the same stories over and over again. And I don't care because I think it will be a blessing to everybody here. So I remember at that time studying business law and practice. And I'm talking about you don't know where it's going or coming. Some of us, we, we, because we can't see what God has prepared for us, we give up early. We've returned to him. His spirit is at work in us, but we deny the power. And I remember then going to study business law and practice. Studied it, studied it, studied it. By the way, I'm really good at writing essays. I've always struggled with the exams, but now I've overcome that in Jesus' name. I'm about to get my distinction. Amen. So the point is, I remember doing it the first time, doing it the second time. Mind you, I'd passed 10 out of 14 modules, some of which I got distinctions in, commendations, merits. And... I remember thinking, I don't understand why I can't pass this exam. And even my lecturers would say to me, but you're quite academically inclined. 
you say all the right things in class. In fact, I teach other people the, 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 the course and they got a distinction. So they didn't understand why it wasn't translating for me and neither did I. But I believe that maybe if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be here today giving this testimony. They failed me by 2%, the whole course. I spent £13,000 for that course, 2%. I graduated in the middle of the banking crisis. So, you know, how was I going to get a job with my LPC, which I had just failed, even though I'd passed the majority? But I stand here to testify to you today that that in no way limited what God was going to do in my life. Because here I stand before you, my primary area of practice is business law and practice. So the course that I so-called failed is the one that I now give legal counsel for. And no one can come to me and tell me about, oh, but 10 years ago, you failed it by 2%. In fact, it hasn't limited the caliber of companies I've worked for or the type of clients I've worked for. So I'm here to tell you, first of all, let's return to the Lord. If there's anything within us that stands as a hindrance, anything that precludes us from ascending to the hill of the Lord, from having clean hands and a pure heart. Apostle has told us the keys for success. Let's drop those things in favor for a life of freedom in Christ. Where the spirit is unencumbered, it encourages you. It lifts you up when you are low. It reminds you of his promise. It sets you on the right path. Because God has a massive plan for each and every one of us here. And I'd like to end by saying, because we are indeed limitless. Amen. Amen. So without any further ado, because I've promised that today we will be good with time. I think we've been very good with time so far. I'm going to invite the person that only I can say is my dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's cool. He's all of our dads, and I, I'm happy to share him with everybody here. <laughs> I'd like to invite Apostle Alfred TB or Theophilus Babatunde Williams. Thank you. Put your hands together for the Lord. Can I have volume, please? Can I have volume, please? Put your hands together for the Lord. I'm not hearing your hands. Let me say this to you. That's too loud now. The Lord just spoke to you all. I wonder if you heard it. If you heard it, you have just heard God. Because what God told me to speak on is the Zechariah chapter 1 and 2. And when Pastor Lisbeth came up, we have been looking at the chapter 2, especially verses 3 and 4, over the week. And she began by talking about chapter 1 and chapter 2. If you have missed the week, alright, what has happened in the week is... In the wisdom God has given to her, she set a program for the week. And in every, on every day, a youth will come and minister the word of God 30 minutes before I come. I sat together with my leaders and we were hearing God speaking through these youths. Even a few of them that we didn't know, they are so vast. 
We began to discover treasures in this house. And at a time in the middle of the month, I said, you know, I am a successful minister of God. Because there are replica of me in many of the youths. I'm not saying that it's not in the adult, but I'm talking today about the youths. Alright? And so I felt very fulfilled because the next move God has shown to me, I have enough soldiers to, sto- to spread throughout the UK and subdue Europe, which is our major domain. It was incredible moments. Their words came with unction and power, impartation that is beyond. Now this morning, I will not talk too much, but I will just give you a summary. But listen with your heart, because while Pastor Elizabeth was speaking, she asked you to repeat something. Some of you failed in it. You know, you are talking resu resu. Whenever God says, say this, if you don't say it, the blessing of that statement will bypass you. That is what happens spiritually. Now, the scripture of the month, which is, you know, like one of the key scriptures, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Let's read it again. So if you did not read that scripture, it just bypassed you. That's the blessing in that word. This is the fundamental reason why many people wait on God over a particular issue. When God visits them, they miss it. And they have to wait for another cycle. Whenever you come before God, don't take him for content. Read that scripture from your spirit. This is the word of the Most High God. Read it now. I don't know why some of you in that place are sitting down, apart from the man who has um, POP on his leg. Did you not see everybody standing up? So what is the sitting down about? You mean you can't stand before the presence of the Most High? Or what is your thoughts? Now let's read that scripture again, that spirit. That is the scripture. And that is the word of the Lord. Why would the Bible say it should not depart from your mouth? Because the book of Revelation says, Blessed are those who speak aloud the word of this prophecy. The blind man of Bartimaeus, I'm having ambient, please. The blind man of Bartimaeus will never see all his life. He will have died a blind man. If he kept his mouth shut. Alright. When Jesus was passing. What brought sight to him was that. He said in his heart. If I cannot get healed today. That is the end. And the Bible says he shouted with a loud voice. Jesus son of David have mercy on me. The people told him shut up. Then the Bible says he shouted aloud the more. That is the reason why he did not miss it. Therefore, whenever you hear the word of God and you are told to repeat a statement, you better consider it first. 
so that you are speaking it from your spirit. Because if you miss that time, you miss God. And God is not a respecter of man. But the intention of God for us is not to miss him. You take God serious, he will take you serious. You ignore God, he will ignore you. God said, turn unto me and I will turn unto you. So if you don't turn to him, you just be warming pews every Sunday. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. For that not to be your portion, you must be conscious when you are in the presence of God. That this place is not a ball house. When people go and pay to watch play, they don't miss any part of it with all their zeal. They scream at every minute, every minute of it. Because they have expectation. More than that, when you come to the house of God, you must have great expectation. Don't come to church to just one piece. It's better not to come at all than to be in the presence of God and miss God. I will together now. I need to get you into this before we go into the next move. Shall we bow heads and pray? Our God and our King, we thank you, the maker of heaven and earth, because your word is true. Unto those who believe it, it is manifestation and fulfillment for those who walk in it. You have spoken to us very distinctly right now concerning the things we need to do for us to prosper. We give you the praise and honor and glory for all what you said during this week. And at this hour, Lord, we submit ourselves to the counsel of heaven. As I speak, Lord, everyone who are hearing me in this building, on the internet, across the world, Lord, I ask that as I speak and I declare, my words that come out of my mouth, which is the word you have put in my mouth, it shall heal their bodies. If anybody is sick, if anybody has a sickness that has changed his description, that to identify him among people of his name, they have to call him by the one who had that sickness. As I open my mouth today, heaven will fall at you. And that infirmity in you shall be taken away. Even right now, it is being taken away. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, I declare that by the spoken word today, my Lord, misfortune shall be changed into fortune. Some people who have missed their destiny, the Holy Spirit of God, as you have dealt with many in the week, Lord, you will restore their destiny back. People who have now waxed cold by the deception of hell, who have been taking you for granted, a revival will spring up from their, their hearts. O oh Lord, my King, the voice of righteousness will overthrow the voice of wickedness. Father, there will be physical changes, evident changes, in the body and in the mind of those who hear me now. Whatever the devil has determined in your life will be undone by the word I speak. Whatever the enemy has set in your heart and set in your life, set around your family, it shall be undone by the word I speak. I stand in Christ in God and I speak. You shall be blessed when you come in. You shall be blessed when you go out. You shall be blessed in the city. You shall be blessed in the country. The Lord will bless everything you lay your hands upon. He will open the heavens and set rain upon the works of your hand. And whatever you touch, it shall be blessed. The Lord will make you head and not the tail. He will take you to the top and you will never come down. The wisdom of heaven will reside upon your mind. 
your brain shall be taken over by the wisdom and the counsel of the Most High. Every deception of Satan be destroyed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The Lord Almighty has sworn surely as I plan it shall be. As I purpose it will stand. I overthrow every plan contrary to the, the plan of God over your life. Every purpose that is standing against you contrary to the purpose of God. I command them to be closed down in the name of Jesus Christ. I release the angels of God after my words. I decree according to the plans of God your life shall fulfill. According to the plans of God your life shall fulfill. Man or demons will not be able to hinder you from where you are going. As the Lord spoke through his servant, she said, The wind blows wherever it wills. My Lord. She said, The wind blows wherever it wills. Nobody knows where it's coming from. Nobody knows where it's going. Lord, I decree, as many who are under my voice, listening to the voice that speaks through me, every limit in your life is taken away today. <clears throat> The devil might have programmed you before and be able to forecast you and so frustrated you. From this hour, as you connect your heart with my heart unto God, I decree, the devil will never be able to estimate you anymore. The Lord will carry you on the wing of the Spirit and take you beyond the clouds where the devil lives. Your thoughts and your deeds will be overtaken by the power of the Holy Spirit. So shall it be that you will fulfill your life. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Somebody say amen. amen. Put your hands together for the King of heaven. Hallelujah forevermore. Take your seats, please, in the heavenly places. I told you that what God told me to share with you is just what Pastor Elizabeth has shared with you. But you know how God operates in the Word of God? When you read the Word of God, God will... If two people read the word of God and communicate it, what will happen to you is that you have a, a center line that you will speak the same. Then the Holy Spirit will blow you one to one side so that one side is covered and the Holy Spirit will blow the second to the other side so that people can have wholesome reasoning. Now I want to say this to you. The topic that the youth came about, I have no business in it. They prayed. And God told them this scripture. God told them this topic. While we were in Wede yesterday, some youth, some young, um, you know, Caucasian boys came to us and said, what is limitless? And we began to share with them. They said, who is this group? Why are they here? And we began to share with them about this group and about why we are here and about what God gave us. And about what God has been doing among us. Whenever God gives an inspiration, it's because that is what God wants to do at the time. So when you look at various meetings, God will give various titles to them. Because the title that God gives them is the title of what God intends to do. And blessed are those who believe because they will see the performance. That's the reason why any time a child of God you know, goes to a convention, a conference, or a meeting, I told you all the time, don't go without expectation. Now, whatever theme of the meeting is, anywhere in the world, make sure you enter into the theme. That is what will give you the expectation of what you can get from what God is going to say. Don't ever go to church without expectation. Don't go to church because you have to go to church. If somebody goes to church every Sunday, it's better for him to sit at home. 
and serve whatever he wants. Because you cannot serve God one day in a week and expect God to serve you eight, seven days a week. It's impossible. Jesus says those who serve the Father must serve him in spirit and in truth. For such the Father seeketh. And if we look at the book of Acts chapter 2, if you look from verse 42, shall we read it together very quickly? Acts 2, 42, shall we? They devoted themselves uh-huh. to the breaking of bread. The next verse. Were done by the apostles. And the next one. Then the next verse. Forty-six. How many days did they go to church? How many days did they go to church? Say it again. Turn to some beside you and say every day. No wonder they saw the manifestation of God. Any attitude contrary to this. It is because Satan has deceived man. I was discussing with one of my spiritual sons. To have Bible miracle, you serve God the Bible way, not your own way. And I believe this is the essence of what God was speaking today, uh, this week. This week is, God is saying, you are limitless. You are limitless. And he's talking to people who are born again. If anybody be in Christ Jesus, he's a new species or creation. All things are passed away. All things have become new. And the Bible says in that 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if you go back to 18, all this is from God who is reconciling us to himself through Christ. So therefore, if you are born again, evidence that you are born again is that there's a change in your life. If there's no change in your life, you are still coming to church waiting to be born again. Church is for people like that. And God will speak until one day you will say yes to him. Are we together? Not everybody who comes to church are born again. And I want to say some things in line with what God is speaking today. Especially to you youths. Not everybody who comes to church are born again. Because those who are born again are people who have transformation in their spirits which affects their Physical. That is, their attitude towards God is changed. Their fellowship with God is intact. There is the indwelling spirit of God. The God cannot indwell a man, and the man remain in his old ways of life. Impossible. And I'm saying this to many Christians watching me across the globe. That's the reason why every Christian must check themselves whether they are born again. <coughs> For those who are born again, look at the book of John, chapter 5, chapter 8. Let's look at verse 31. Very quickly. John, chapter 8, verse 31. John. Shall we read it together? To the Jews, Jesus said, Uh huh. Come on, who are disciples of Jesus? Those who obey his teaching, not those who come to church. Get that clear. Not those who are ordained in church. Not bishops. Not apostles. Not prophets. 
not teachers, not deacons, not elders. You may be all those things and you are not born again. Evidence of a saved person is your heart to do what the Bible says, just like Pastor Liz was talking to you. If you don't have such desire, you are not saved. Don't make mistake to die. Because where you will appear, you will not like it at all. So the Bible tells us here that those who are born again are those who obey the teachings of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Then the next verse says, the next verse to 32, then, yes, say it again. Say it again. So the Bible gives us evidences. I want to give you evidences that a Christian is limitless. This scripture says you will know the truth, the truth set you free. Now, how do you know the truth? By obeying the teachings of Jesus. So you have people who go from church to church and all over the whole church is there, you know, that they are conducting deliverance for them again and again. The guys are not just born again, that's a fact. Because if Jesus set you free, you don't need a man to set you free. Because Jesus is superior to any prophet or any apostle or any man. And the Bible says that if Jesus set you free, you are free indeed. The word indeed is a legal word, which means an absolute. That is, you are free without any condition attached to it. Therefore, if anybody says that a Christian needs to be, to be delivered, that person is not born again himself who says such. And they are liars. Matthew 24 verse 1 applies. What I'm saying is that a Christian is limitless. But you understand Jesus said there, began there by saying that you obey my teaching. If you are my disciple, you obey my teaching. And from my teaching, you will know the truth. And the truth, you know, will set you free. And the whole of this week, we have looked into various truths that can help a man to prosper. Various truths that can help a man to prosper. That's why we concentrated the whole of this week. And I tell you, anybody who do those things, impossible for you not to prosper. You know, when I talk about prosperity, people can prosper by intellect. People can prosper because they work hard. People can prosper because they cheated other people. But those prosperity, we found out in this week that they are fueled for fire. The day of their destruction is coming. Because the devil will destroy such prosperity. The Bible never tells us it is the blessings of God that make her rich without his sorrow. And it is the blessings of God that God ordained for those who fear him. But you cannot be part of it unless you obey his teachings. But if you look at it also, I'm talking about you are limitless once you are born again. Look at the book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. Shall we read it together? Galatians 5.1 So that scripture tells you and I that the purpose for which Jesus died is to set you free. And he also helped you understand once Jesus set you free it is you who can bind yourself under yoke of slavery because of your standing with God. If you see a Christian who comes under the yoke of slavery, it is your standing. And if your standing brings you to slavery, what can deliver you? Repentance, not deliverance. Repentance. 
I wish I can open the heart of all Christians in the world and put this word there. For many Christians are suffering under false doctrine. Some have fasted for, for, their, for their freedom. What Jesus paid with his blood. Some have been punished by unscrupulous men. But you have the privilege to know the truth. And the truth is what we are speaking. The reason why God set you free is for you to be free. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. No longer to be subject to the yoke of slavery. So that once you are set free, you are born again, you are set free, you cannot be under any yoke. Unless if you don't stand firm, the enemy may oppress you. The enemy may sabotage you. The enemy may hinder you. And if you know, if you see yourself being hindered by Satan, you don't need anyone to pray for you. You only need to go to God on your knees and beg him and ask him for mercy. I'm saying, I'm giving you evidences that we are limitless. Hallelujah, somebody. A Christian is what? Can I hear you say it again? Limitless. A Christian is not limitless. Look at the book of Romans chapter 8. Because the word of God, and when we talk about the facts of God, is like an advocate pleading his case. Quoting the dictums so that people can understand that as it was in the beginning, so it is now. And ever shall it be well without end. Shall we live together? Romans 8.1. Can you change the, the person on that projector should be very careful. When I, when I mention a scripture, it should be on board first, straight away before we start reading it. Once you hear a scripture, put it on board. Okay? There is no wasting of time. You hinder my flow if you do that. Now let's read together. Listen to me. The Bible says, therefore, after being saved, there is no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if Galatians says, if the Son therefore make you free, you are free indeed. And John chapter 8, 32 says that you will know the truth and truth will set you free. And this scripture in 8.1 of Romans says that therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, how can you justify the doctrine that says, after you are in Christ Jesus, you need to be delivered? It is from Satan. That's why people who perpetrate it, they fail all the time. They never have peace. For 24 hours. They never have the deliverance. They are always living in fear. They are always living from one calamity to another. People promise you deliverance. They promise you breakthrough. And then you never get any of it. Because you are not following Christ. You are not following Jesus. You are trying to walk for what Jesus gave you free. You are limitless. Therefore, having said that, let us look into that Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 2 is the major, major scripture. Zechariah chapter 2, let me begin from verse 3. No, let's begin from verse 1. Chapter 2, it says, Then I looked up, and there before me was a man with a measuring line in his hand. I asked, where are you going? That's an angel who had the measuring line. He answered me. This is Zechariah. To measure Jerusalem, 
Wherever you hear Jerusalem, he's talking about the church. That is God's people. To find out how wide and how long it is. Next one. Then the angel who was speaking to me left. And another angel came to meet him. To meet that angel. And said to the other angel, the first angel, Run! The message is not finished. Tell that young man, Zechariah, Jerusalem will be a city without wall because of the great number of men and livestock. And that is prosperity. Because of the prosperity, the, the prosperity of God will break the walls of Jerusalem. That's what God is saying. Alright, now look at what he says there. The next verse. And I myself will be the fire around it. That is God's glory will be the fire around God's people. It will destroy every limitation around God's people. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. Whenever you hear fire spoken in the Bible, it's talking about the Holy Spirit. So, God is revealing His mind here for those who claim to be His servants. He says, look, tell those who are in Jerusalem, those who are born again, you will be a city without wall. Nobody will take you for tribute anymore. There will be no limitation over your life anymore. I hope somebody will know I'm, I'm talking to him. I have waited for this day for weeks seeking God. Because of you and those who are listening to me. Listen to me. The destiny of the born again is what is revealed here. You will be a city without wall. I will help you understand what led to this. And it says, For the Lord your God will be the wall of fire around you, and he shall be the glory within you. Do you know why God is saying this? Go to chapter 1, and we look from verse 1. In chapter 1 of Zechariah, I will read from my own Bible here now. There are a few things I want to show you that God is speaking today. I told you when Pastor Elizabeth was speaking those things, I said, oh my God, I was there saying to myself, God, I hope people will understand that you are already speaking. Because this is what God told me to, to, to share with you today. He says, in the eighth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, the son of Edo. The Lord was angry, was very angry with your forefathers. Now understand this. The Lord was very angry with your forefathers. Therefore, tell the people. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Can I say something to you here? Some of you may have earthly fathers who are godless. I want to show you the consequence of a godless father. When you read that scripture down, it talks about a horn scattering Israel. And it talks about a destroyer destroying Israel. Okay? Maybe I should read it further and then explain to you. It says, the Lord was angry with your forefathers. Therefore, tell the people... This is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you. 
Underline that verse 3 in your, in your, your Bible. Say the Lord Almighty. Do not be like your forefathers. Underline that verse 4. To whom the earlier prophets proclaimed, this is what the Lord Almighty says, turn, turn from your evil ways and your evil practices, but they will not listen or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. Where are your forefathers now, dead and gone? And the prophets do, and the prophets, do they live forever? Both the, the forefather, the, the prophet who warned them, and the, that the forefathers are dead. But the law remains. Now look at what the Bible says in verse 6. But did not my word and my decrees, which I commanded my servant, the prophets, overtake your forefathers? The forefathers of these people, Israel, were idol worshippers. They disobeyed God. They didn't <coughs> pay attention to God. It is similar. Some of us may have fathers who don't know God. Even you may have fathers who are part of the church, but they don't serve God. You cannot follow them. That's what the Bible is saying here. Because anybody who does not turn to God fully, I will show you what God says will happen to him. And if you are a child born in a family where your father just served God the way he likes, or your mother served God the way he likes, God is saying that you cannot continue that pattern. You cannot. Look, my own father was a wizard. All right? If Jesus didn't save my father and I was born, <clears throat> all right, I would have been born in wickedness, but I don't have to continue wickedness because my father's father was also a wizard. But my father got born again. And the curse that would have happened over my father because of the wickedness of his father was abated because my own father decided to leave Satanism and choose Jesus Christ. Same thing with my mother. My mother was a priestess of Baal. And the curses that came by Baal could not trans transfer over her generation because she gave her life to Jesus. She was a daughter of chief imam, Rabbi Atweweja in Abelkuta. You know, somebody who, who knew Keu very, very well. Somebody who served the devil also very, very far. Listen to me. The affliction of sin lingers over generations. Waiting for a generation that will repent and God is saying that because your father doesn't pray, doesn't mean you shouldn't pray. That is the reason why you should pray. Because your father comes to church anytime he likes and, and, and chooses, that's why you shouldn't do that. You have your own life. Any, every one of us came to the world alone and we die alone. Even if we die in the car crash, all of us together, we will separate after death. Each person will find his way to where he belongs. Listen to me. I say this to those of you who are young. You cannot serve God of your father if your father is not dedicated to the service of God. I will together now. You cannot behave like your father if your father is apathetical about God. You cannot behave like your father who is, who is a storyteller about God, who has no encounters of God, who has no experience of God, who has nothing, a legacy to show that this is the God I serve. A house where people wake up and then do whatever they like and come back and sleep. You may be born in that family. You may be born in a house where they worship another God. But that doesn't mean you should be like your forefathers. This is what the Bible is saying. Do not behave like them. Listen to this. It says in verse 6. But did not my words and my decrees, which I command my servants, 
the prophet overtake your fathers? Everything the Bible says that will happen to the ungodly, will always happen to the family who don't know God. A family who does not believe in Jesus, everything that the book of prophets have said, happened to them eventually. And God is saying that that should be a lesson for those of you who... You see what happened to them? That's the reason why you must not follow their apathetic way. He says, then they repented and said, The Lord Almighty has done to us what our ways and practices deserve. Just as he determined to do it. Now, these forefathers, they were brought to their knees by calamity. Because they did not turn to God, they turned to other things. Now listen to what then happened to them. On the 24th day of the 11th month and the month of Shabbat, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, and the son of Edo. During the night, I had a vision, and there before me was a man riding a red horse in a raven. Behind him were red, brown, and white horses, I asked, what are these, my Lord? The angel who was talking to me, uh, with me, answered, I will show you what they are. Then the man standing among the mat, <laughs> the man standing among the mat tree explained, they are the ones the Lord has sent to go throughout the earth. I just heard God now, I will tell you what he tells me. And they reported to the angel of the Lord, who was standing among the martyrs, martyr trees, martyr trees, we have gone throughout the earth and found the whole world at rest and in peace. Then the angel of the Lord said, Lord Almighty, how long will you withhold mercy from Jerusalem and from the town of Judah, which you have been angry with seven, these 70 years? So the Lord spoke kindly, kind. The Lord spoke kind and comforting words to the angel who talked with him. Then the angel who was speaking to me said, Proclaim this word. This is what the Lord Almighty said. I am very jealous for Jerusalem and Zion, but I am very angry with the nations that feel secure. I was only a little angry, but they added to the calamity. Now, let me help you understand that. You see, the forefathers of these people were very wicked because they turned away from God. As far as God is concerned, when you turn away from God, you're wicked. They serve God with levity. That is, they have their own way. They, 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 they set to serve God, which is different from, from the way the prophets told them. And because of that, God was angry with them. But are you not amazed the last line? He said, I was a little angry, but they added to calamity. When God is angry with a person who is his child, he turns away his face. Satan will destroy terribly, beyond what God told him to do. They will make life most miserable and ridiculous. I would get it. Now, my, my major point today is this. You cannot follow your father if your father does not follow God intimately. And you do not have excuse of not serving God with all your heart if your father did not either. Look, God was speaking to me that I should tell you this when I was there. You know, there are some fathers who are always having, the, you know, they have schedule, program, exercise currently. When they go for their sports, they don't miss it. 
Work, they don't miss it. But God, nothing. And God told me that I should tell them that that body they exercise will be eaten up by worms. And their soul will be poured before him. The Bible commands you. Physical exercise profit the body. Yes. Come on now. But it didn't stop there. He says godliness. Isn't it? Now which means that a person who does exercise, exercise is supposed to train a man in discipline. So that once your soul is disciplined by exercise, you can apply that to your discipline of seeking God. A man who disciplines his body in exercise, he will only profit your body and once you are dead, once you eat it. It will be very terrible if you are such a person that you left a legacy of exercise, of promptness, and of, of discipline of the body to your children. But when it comes to God, you are wishing was she. Because when you die, exercise gone. Godliness is what will be measured. Whereas, the ability to train yourself in exercise is supposed to educate your mind into godliness. Therefore, these people here, the Bible tells us that God was angry with them because they turned away from him. And Satan went beyond barrier. But no, no, no problem. Therefore, in verse 16, it says, therefore, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I will return to Jerusalem with mercy. You understand that this mercy God has said earlier, that Jerusalem repented. Alright, verse 6. It says, they, they, then they repented and said, The Lord Almighty has done to us what our ways and prices deserve us, just as he had determined to do. And because they repented, in verse 16 it says, Therefore, this is what the Lord says, I will return to Jerusalem with mercy, and there my house will be rebuilt. And the measuring line will be stretched out over Jerusalem, declares the Lord Almighty. If you repent unto God, he will restore your life. Come on now. Whenever God is speaking, God wants heart of man. God does not want us to have lip service. Listen to me. If you repent, no matter how reckless your life had been, no matter how terrible your life has been, the day you repent unto God, God forgets the past. Romans chapter 4 verse 7 applies and verse 8. Blessed is the man whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sins the Lord will never count against him. Therefore, verse 16 of Zechariah chapter 1 says, Therefore, this is what the Lord says, I will return to Jerusalem with mercy. God will return to you in this city with mercy. And he says, there my house shall be built. The house of the Lord will be built in your heart. The house of the Lord will be built in your family. It will be built in your home. Then he says, And the measuring line will be stretched out over Jerusalem, declares the Lord Almighty. Proclaim, Father, this is what the Lord Almighty says. My towns will again overflow with prosperity. I say your town will overflow with prosperity. Yeah. Understand what God has been speaking to us throughout this week. It's just repentance. God does not want a Christian to be miserable. God does not want a Christian to be poor. I repeat myself, 
One of the things we have looked into this week is this. God does not want a Christian to be miserable. God does not want a Christian to be poor. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> hey. Look at the book of Deuteronomy 15 verse 4 and verse 6. Does the Bible say so? However, there should be no poor man among you. Poor among you. God is the one speaking. There should be no poor among Christians. For in the land the Lord your God is giving you to possess as your inheritance, he will richly what? Bless you. Somebody say, God will richly bless me. Say, he will richly bless me. He says, if you all, if you fully what? Obey, not partial obedience. So can you see the reason why Christians struggle over blessing? Commit your heart to God and serve him with wholehearted devotion. Listen to this. It says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and are careful to follow all these commands I'm making today. For the Lord your God will bless you as he had promised and you will learn to many nations but borrow from none. I love it. You will rule over many nations but none will rule over you. Somebody say amen. If somebody is wondering, what is, what is this man saying? I'm saying that God has a plan to bless you once you are born again. Once you are born again, you are candidate of blessing. You cannot be hindered by demons. You cannot be hindered by Satan. You cannot be hindered by a man either. But you must obey God. To obey God is, is easier because the result is blessing. To disobey God is harder because the result is pain and sorrow. Therefore, which an option? Which a better option? Just obey and life is okay. I say God said there should be no poor among you. Oh. Someone is saying that, well, what about people who are not very educated? The man in, in Nigeria... Who has been tagged now to be the, the richest man, black man in the world? He was not a graduate. He started selling rice. Dakota. He started selling rice. I have many more of them like that. But if you look at these people, it is the biblical principle they practice in their normal life. Even if the ungodly can practice biblical principle and still be blessed and the covenant is manifest over them, talk less you who is born again. I told you in the week of a woman who, who graduated as a graduate and she started selling tomatoes in Nigeria. She's a multi-millionaire now. Exporting her tomatoes abroad. Now, manufacturing puree from tomato in Nigeria. Where other people are still thinking what to do. She is born again. And she got the knowledge from the Holy Spirit. Why should a Christian start up a business and the business collapse? Godlessness. You know, you cannot ask God to build your business when you are not building his business. Forget it. It will never happen. You think about it. Is any one of you an employer? You pay somebody who is not in your employment list. When you just get your money at the end of the month, somebody just came and said that I, I used to escort my friend to the office. So you will now put him in your payroll. Do you not pay people according to their wages? Do you not promote people according to what they are inputted in your own business? So how can you think God is different? 
You are a candidate of blessing that should be no poor among you. I say that should be no poor among you. If you are finding it hard or difficult to understand, go and read the book. The, the, go and check all the lectures that all the youth have been giving us. And also the lectures that um, I spoke about in the week. We talked about the practical things to do to get out of poverty. But let me just go, because I want to take you to the end of this scripture. Go back to my Zechariah, Jiri. Verse 17 says, Proclaim further. This is what the Lord Almighty say. My town will again overflow with prosperity. Somebody say amen. And the Lord will again comfort Zion. Somebody say amen. And choose Christ's faith tabernacle. Shout hallelujah, man. This is a chart going somewhere. I told the youth in the week, I am so proud of them. I found myself in them. Hello? They behave after my pattern. If somebody has a father, hardly father, who is not godly, what's the solution? Second Chronicles chapter 26 verse 4. Let me read it to you. Very quickly. Shall we read verse 4? Second Chronicles chapter 2 together. Yes? Second Chronicles chapter 2 verse 4. Yes? 26, chapter 26, verse 4. What did he say? Read it together. He did. And then the next verse says, If you don't have an earthly father who serves God, you have a Zechariah in the house who serves God. Follow your Zechariah. That's why any Christian listening to me, if you go to a church where your pastor is not teaching you the fear of God, you better pack your load and get out of those churches. They are trash from hell. They are not God's church. The messengers, a messenger is determined by the message he speaks. Anyone who speaks about demon, he is sent by demon. Anyone speak sent by Jesus will always speak about Jesus. Every messenger can be identified by, this, by what they speak most. What somebody speaks most, that is the one who sent him. People should stop being fooled or fooling themselves. Listen to me, therefore. You can follow your Zechariah. And if you follow your Zechariah, you will read the destiny, says the Lord. Because as long as he was under Zechariah, and he did what Zechariah said, he succeeded in life. The story of poverty of his family terminated over him. In the case of this guy, his father was a God seeker because his father was under Zechariah. And what Zechariah taught his father, his father did. So when the father died, the son followed the same Zechariah. If you look at verse 16, the Bible tells us that when he turned away, he fell. He fell. Go back to Zechariah and let me finish it. Now, therefore, you understand this, this fact that God will bless you because you turn to Him and you are sincere in serving Him. There is no gimmicks with God. God is not a money doubler. Someone says to you that the offering you are giving right now, that is what will give you miracle. Lie, 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 lie of the devil. The Bible says so in the morning, in the evening do not hold your hand back. You don't know whether this or that. We, if, you are, if you think you can hold God ransom by the pennies you are giving him. No matter how many thousands you call it. The earth is the lost and the fullness thereof. Most ungrateful attitude. For a Christian to be telling God I'm giving you this money. I'm, I'm expecting you to do this for me. What about all what he has done for you? 
God wants us to be grateful in our hearts. And when we give God, we give God with, with, with a heart of gratitude. What about if God, if I give God and He doesn't bless me? It doesn't matter. He has blessed me already. Health and life, He has given me, train, you know, skill and all stuff. It's enough. But of course, you know that if you really heartily give to God, if, you're, if the willingness is there, the Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, that the, then the, the sacrifice is acceptable. If the willingness is there, that is joy from the Lord. Not holding God ransom. Listen to me. Therefore, let me explain to you what, what brought them into captivity. Verse 18. Then I looked up, and there before me were four horns. This is what happened to Israel. I asked the angel who was speaking to me, what are these? He answered me, these are horns that scatter Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. So when Jerusalem's forefathers turned against God, these horns appeared. They are the ones who scattered them. Horns means authority and, and powers. That is what horn means, rulership. And that's the reason why the Bible says that all the nations of the earth are at peace, but Jerusalem is at pieces. Because this horn gathered together, they destroy God's people, and they could destroy them because of their godlessness. It's happening to many Christians today. You see Christians going from prayer place to prayer place. What is, what is the matter with the Christian going from prayer place to prayer place? You are not born again, or you have turned away from your God. That's what happened to you. You carry God inside you, and you are going to another person who has God inside, the same God. And you are asking him to come and prophesy over you. Can you imagine this? Horns that scatter them. Not only that, verse 20 says, Then the Lord showed me four craftsmen. <coughs> Authority scatters them, but it works through man. Authority scatters them. But he walks through man. The rule of the nations is, you know, you know, hinder Christians, and then they walk through man to destroy. The craftsman. But thanks be to God, who remembers mercy when we repent. <clears throat> he says, Now it says, <clears throat> I ask, what are these, what are these coming to do, the craftsmen? He answered, these are the horns that scatter Judah so that no one will, will raise his head. But the craftsmen have come to terrify the horns and <clears throat> throw down these horns of the nations who lifted up their horns against the land of Judah to scatter its people. Listen to me. In this convention, the Lord has sent craftsmen to destroy the horns that have scattered your lives. That's what God is saying. But we must repent unto God. And that is what led to chapter 2. Look at what it says in chapter 2. Then I looked up. And there before me was a man with a measuring line in his hand. I asked, where are you going? He answered me, that is the craftsman now coming up, to measure Jerusalem to find out how wide and how long it is. 
During this week, the Lord has sent his craft men to measure your life and see how long and how wide, to see the limitations that the devil has put around you, and he destroyed them on Friday. It took them out. It took them out. It took them out. It was not for fun, the Lord said, on Friday, anoint them. And we had anointing service here on Friday to break the walls and destroy limitations so that nothing can hinder you any longer. But if you look at this scripture, I love it so much. It says, Then, verse 3, The angel who was speaking to me left, and another angel came to meet him, and said to him, Run, tell the young man, Jerusalem will be a city without wall. Your life shall be a city without walls. Because of the great number of men and livestock, your prospects shall be astronomical. It says, and I, I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I, and I will be its glory within. Now, the glory of heaven has filled your heart, and when we go into prayer now, the glory will come again. Listen to me. The glory of heaven shall be within you. Everywhere you go, you carry the glory of God. Everywhere you go, I say you will carry the glory of God. Around you will be the ring of fire of God. There shall be no more limitation over you. You will no more be taken to captivity. In the name of Jesus as of Nazareth, never will a man or demon be able to hinder you anymore. It is your limitless time, says the Lord. A new season has come over this church. I told you I saw the ship sailed. In the month of June, when a ship is sailing, it rolls very slowly. When it hits the high sea, it turns into speed. In a short time, it will hit the high sea. The craftsmen have finished their work. And now it is, it is eternal for the second set of angels. Listen to me. But we shouldn't stop there. Let me read through that scripture. It says in verse 3, Come, come, flee from the land of the north. Declare the Lord, for I have scattered you to the four winds of heaven, declares the Lord. This is talking about those, the, the world system that have limited you. You must flee from the world. Do not be conformed any longer to this world. But be you what? Transformed by the dinner of your mind. Come, O Zion, escape from who live in the, in the daughter of Babylon. When you leave this place, none of you should conform any longer with the pattern of the, Lord, the land that you come from. Don't do what they do in Europe. Don't do what they do in your county or in your neighborhood. Don't do what your family people do. Separate yourself from every ungodly thing. This is what God has been saying to you throughout this week. Why? Because the Lord has removed the limits around you. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. He does not want your generation to be subject to the yoke of slavery. He wants a vibrant generation that will truly seek Him, upon who God can lavish His power and gift. And you will be the solution to the coming generations. That the power of Satan... Look, let me say this to you. In the past, you, we have had parents who did not have high, you know, who are not placed in high position, but they were very, very godly. But in this season, it is the latter rain, the early rain, which is power in the spirit, and the latter rain, which is rulership of nations. 
God is bringing the two together so that God is taking you to the highest position in your career that in your career you will be formidable. You will not be a person that someone can push behind. You will be the people that the, 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 your, your seniors will be seeking knowledge from you. That is what God is doing now. Wisdom, knowledge, and counsel and discernment He is enduring upon us in this season. Plus the spiritual fire. So, separate yourself from them. Don't follow any example of any man who cannot be an example before God. Don't follow them. Give me another 10 minutes. Don't follow any man who does not follow God. I plead with you. Because God is going to make rulers from among you. I guarantee you what I'm telling you. I'm so glad when I see the boys in Christ with Tabernacle. They don't feel like women, boys perforating their ear and behaving like animals. It's not in Christ with Tabernacle. Boys, you know, dressing like a woman. It's not in Christ with Tabernacle. Or women walking around with their breasts open. It's not in Christ with Tabernacle. The use of Christ with Tabernacle, dedicated to God, seeking the glory and the power of this age, on the present age, and the age to come, and excelling in the academics. That is what I have in Christ with Tabernacle. I am happy and proud of you. I am proud of you. I say I am proud of you. I am very, 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 and very proud of you. My own fathers in the Lord, they did not have, you know, they were not high in intellect, in intellect. They were high in the power of heaven. They had ministry of angels. They were taken to heaven several times. I followed their trade, but I soon recognized that our generation is not only spiritual. We have to be placed in authority of this world so that we can rule over this world. So I lean into our intellectual because wisdom and knowledge and this sermon is for those who fear the Lord. Now we are risen now. Listen to me. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. You must understand the times and seasons. Let me read our scripture finish. Look at what it says. I love it. Verse 7. Come, O Zion, escape. You who live in the daughter of Babylon. For this is what the Lord Almighty says. After he has honored me and has sent me against the nation that have plundered you. For whoever touches you, <clears throat> touches who? Shall we read that scripture together? For whoever touches me, touches the apple of the eye of God. Say whoever touches me. He touches the apple of the eye of God. Whoever touches me. Touches the apple of the eye of God. There is no power that can overthrow me. Say, no power can overthrow me. No power can stand against me. Because I am the apple of the eye of God. That is the word of God for you. Whoever touches you. But you must be a God seeker. A God servant. What else do you want? I could not be limited. Then how can you be limited? I couldn't be limited. Went to those who worship idols, messed them up, destroyed their idols. They could do nothing. Took some of you there. We came back on hot. We did not fast or pray before we went because it's not necessary. To fight the devil, you don't need to fast and pray. The Bible says be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to walk, stand against the devil's scheme. Not by fasting. Godliness is what you need. I have proved it on earth. My forefathers saw angels. I also see angels. 
My forefathers were taken to heaven several times. I have been to heaven more than many of them. This is the time of latter rain and the early rain together. That's why I'm proud of you, youths of CFT. If anyone among you is falling short of this, you better join them. Because majority are moving with me with the speed. Really, in a short time, you will overtake me. You didn't hear what I said. In everything, you will overtake me. In the spirit of God, in the power of the Most High, in the boldness of God, in faith, in power, in prosperity, in education, in intellectualism, you are going to overtake me. Because your tenor is greater than my tenor. If I had people to teach me what I'm teaching you today, I would be higher than this in the spirit. We live in the UK. We do not work like the UK people work. For the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to demolish strong goal. And we destroy every pretension that says itself high against the Lord. It says, For this is what the Lord Almighty says, After he had honored me and has sent me against the nation that have plundered you, for whoever touches you, touches the apple of my eye, I will surely raise my hand against that nation, so that their slaves will plunder them. Those who have plundered you, their slaves will plunder them. This is the word of the Lord. It says, then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me. Every demon that has scared you, let me say this to you, they are less than slaves now. That's what God is saying. Anybody who oppose you, God will remove him from office and he will relegate him completely. This is what God is saying. But he will do it for somebody whose heart is in the will of the Lord. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, nor stand in the ways of sinners. I told you, if you have parents who are backbiters, you don't follow them. If you have parents who, are, who, who wish evil to other people, don't follow them. If you have parents who are always talking, talking, talking about people, carry your bag and baggage, leave them alone to their talk. Because the time has come that God will divide, divide between the, 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 the godly and the ungodly. Don't allow those evil uh, uh, behavior to influence you. Stand for God all the time. It, you know, uh, 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 antagonize anything that is ungodly. Speak against it. Don't allow friends who backbite, who talk down other people to come around you. They are people who are losers, who are going nowhere. A backbiter is always at the back of the one that is biting. He can never move forward in life. Don't go, don't have nothing to do with those people. You know why? People who are backbiters, they are useless and hopeless. They are, they are people who have no intelligence because they have no good thing in their lives they are thinking about. They have admitted to be where the devil puts them. And you who is going somewhere, you must not sit down with them. Because the Bible says you must not sit in the seat of scoffers. You must not stand the ways of sinners. Your delight must be in the law of the Lord and in the law of God. You must be say what? Day and night. Then you shall what? Be like a tree planted by the riverside. You will yield your fruit in your season. Delay will not be denial for you if you do what I'm saying. The devil needs to know we all, not all of us are stupid. Ten more years to your year, those of you who are young. I told you in the week, you who is, who is 18, in 10 years you are 28. If you are not married, you'll be looking forward to marriage. Alright? What you do in these 10 years is what will become of, is what we, what will determine who you are in 10 years time. Those of you who are 28 now, add 10 years to your age, you'll be 38. You should be sitting as CEOs in various organizations. As many who have listened to me and have done what I'm saying, this is what will happen to you. By the time you hit 40, you are, you are, you are, you are an executive. 
You are not, you are not waiting to be 50 before you are an executive. By the age of, I want to raise many executives by the age of 40. From 35 to 40, you are executive. That's what will happen to you. But you have to follow what I say to you. Follow what I teach you. Your predecessors are. And you younger ones to follow their trade. Listen to me. Shout and be glad. Verse 10. O daughter of Zion, for I am coming and I will live among you, says the Lord. Many nations will be joined with the Lord in that day. I am one of them. Somebody say, I am one of them. Don't you hear this? talking about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, my Messiah. He said, many nations will be joined with the Lord in that day and will become my people. I will live among you and you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. I love that, man. You can see how prophetic shifts. God spoke about the destiny of believers that I am the God who restores you. When you repent of your sins, you are restored. And then you become the apple of my eye. And to those ones, he said, follow me. Come on, follow my path. And he says that many will join you. And we are the ones they are talking about. And when the Lord will come, we will join. We will join them. He said, the Lord will inherit Judah as his portion in the Holy Land. And will again choose Jerusalem. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. That Jerusalem we are going next month. Those of you who go with me, when I come back from my trip in India, I'm going to have a lecture with you of what Jerusalem is. And we'll look at Jerusalem according to the scripture. Because we're going to be visiting archaeological, archaeological uh, uh, facts. You know, some, you know, some excavations which remain. You will see how real it is. That Jerusalem, I don't care what they beat upon it. When Jesus will come back, that is where our headquarters will be. Somebody say Amen. He will destroy everything that is standing there with, a, with, a, with fire that will come out of his mouth. A new earth and a new heaven shall be built. I, I mean, don't worry about whether they fight for it or they don't At that time, nobody fight. It is the Lord of hosts himself with his army, the angels of God, that will do the battle. There is no power under heaven that will hinder him. Jerusalem is my capital. Somebody say amen. amen. Listen to me, therefore. In closing... Verse 30 says what? Excuse me. I don't like that kind of reading. Can we read that verse 30 together? Be still before all because. Come on now, say it again. Be still before the Lord all because. Say it one more time. Be still before the Lord. If you find yourself in this economy of God, shout hallelujah. You know that song said, When Christ shall come With songs of acclamation And take me home Oh, joy shall fill my heart 